Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm Becca Freeman. And I'm Grace Atwood. And it's just us today. It's just us. No guests. And you. Our and listeners. you, our listener, because you are our fake friend. Yeah. Yeah. So today's episode is actually all about self-employment. We, like, I think that the question that both of us get, we always get questions about working for ourselves and going freelance and the whole thing. And I think that between the two of us, we have a lot to say here. So we definitely have a lot of thoughts here. We got a lot of questions um, and we're going to be talking all about them. Hopefully this episode doesn't last five hours. No, it's not gonna. No, no. I'm just kidding. But before we do, we want to talk about one of our favorite things. Uh, This episode is sponsored by Night Pillow, which you may remember is our favorite pillow we cannot sleep without. So Knight is on a mission to support a better you one night at a time. I like a punny, punny brand slogan. So you spend a third of your time asleep, so you better love your pillow. And the Knight pillow has been called the most comfortable pillow in the world by celebrities, influencers, and me. I am an influencer. So I got my Knight pillow three years ago, and I've been sleeping with mine ever since. Ashley Spivey upgraded me to the king, and I'm absolutely obsessed with it. But rumor has it that Madonna and Kim Kardashian are even fans. We have the same pillow as Kim Kardashian. Yes, we are very luxurious. So we're going to talk more about Night Pillow in a little bit, but we have an offer for you. If you want to try Night Pillow, go to www.discovernight.com to learn about the Night Pillow and their other luxurious beauty sleep products and take 20% off your order with code BOP20. Yes, do it. You, you will not regret this purchase. Back to more about us. Yes. Becca, what was your high this week? We have the we same have the high. Same. Yeah. M- my high was our trip to Mexico. Absolutely. We have been planning this for a few months now. Yeah. We wanted to stay at this hotel forever. And we booked this random because we were like, when do you have a Thursday through Monday available? And it, it was, I think, three months ago that we booked it. And It was in December. It was in December. Yeah. It's the most beautiful hotel. It was everything I hoped for. We went to this little island in Mexico called Olbosch. And it, and that's spelled H-O-L-B-O-X. I got so point. many ZMs asking how we pronounce it. So it's Olbosch. Yeah, good point. And it's this tiny island. You fly into Cancun and then you drive two hours north and then you take a 30-minute ferry. So it's a little hard to get to. And the island is so cute. There I are, forgot the most important transportation part. The golf cart? Yes, you take a 10-minute golf cart. Yep, because there's no... There's no cars. There's no cars on the island. There's no roads. The roads are just sand. Like, you could very easily go there and not wear shoes the whole time. Yeah. You could. Like, a lot of the restaurants, people aren't even wearing shoes. Yeah, we were at dinner one night, and there was a couple next to us just not wearing shoes, and I was like, I love this. Yeah. So, the island is so cute. We stayed in this beautiful hotel. It had such a cool pool. They had a private area on the beach. The water was the prettiest water I've ever seen. So pretty. We went with our friend Kate and we had, we were all on the same page. We just wanted to read and drink margaritas and like wander. We all read a book a day. During the day, we just like laid at the pool. There was nothing to do on the island. Yeah. So you could be like, I'm going to lay at the pool. I'm going to lay at the beach. Yeah. I'm going to read in the shade. There were like those. Those were your options. That was the only thing to do. Yeah. It was, I called it forced relaxation. Yeah. Kate and I went on a really adventurous bike ride and walk one day. Yes. I stayed and worked at the hotel because the Wi-Fi was working that day. But, oh my God, it was magical. We were there a Thursday, well, I guess kind of like 
Thursday night and then we left Monday morning but it was so restorative yes it was really nice we went to bed we were back in our hotel by 9 30 every night and then we would read for an hour and be asleep by 10 30 get up at like eight it was the best yes it was so nice it was so so nice it was I I don't want to (coughs) complain because it's awesome but after the live show and after I had a, a stressful couple weeks of work projects and it was so nice to go take a do nothing vacation yeah it was very necessary I have a tan now Yes, same. You can't see it through the podcast, but like we're both tan goddesses. Yeah, just picture us with like the really pretty filter from Instagram. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that was my high. Do you have anything to add? No, I would just say we keep talking about the hotel. It's called Punta Caliza. Oh, don't um, give it up. It was going to be my Instagram obsession. Okay, well, it is. So be- we'll let Becca talk about it later. Um, yeah, well, the whole time we were there, I was just like, this island is going to get ruined. It's like... <laughs> I guess it's supposed to be the next Tulum, and it's so pretty. There was nobody there. It was so pristine. Yeah. Anytime we wanted to go to a restaurant, like, there was no wait. Like, it wasn't even a thing. Yeah. Although I will say the food was kind of meh. I feel like a lot of the beach towns in Mexico are like that. I thought that about Sayulita, too. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like um, I'm I'm so torn because I had such a lovely time. I want to tell everyone about it. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't want anyone to know about this. I know. Well, I'm writing a blog post about it on Monday. Sorry. You're ruining it. Yeah. You're ruining it for the rest of us. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. What about lows? Oh, my God. We have the same low, too. Do you want to talk about it? Yes. I would like to discuss this. Well, I have two lows. But we – so getting getting there and getting home is already a little bit of a, a hike with the ferry ride, the car ride, and the plane. So we're sitting on the plane, just, you know, reading our books, chilling, and we like hear kind of a rumble that we're going to have to make an emergency landing in Miami because somebody on the plane is very sick. So like the first thing is, is like I picture like this like elderly grandpa type that maybe had a heart attack or is really sick. And I'm like, very upset and very worried and very sad. And you're like, of course we should make an emergency yes, landing. Yes, we were very sad. So come to find out that some idiot took something MDMA or something like it. He took like some kind of club drug before getting on the plane to relax and had an adverse reaction to it. Who does that? Who does that? Also, when we landed, he walked off, which made me real pissed. I was really pissed. So then like that was annoying, right? But then something happened with the plane and that we were overweight. Because we had too much fuel, because we weren't supposed to land in Miami. So we landed hard because we had too much fuel still on the plane. Okay. So anyways, we were too heavy. So then we had to go through a two-hour-long inspection. And mind you, since this is an international flight, we couldn't get off the plane. So we all just sat there. Like, I did a Q&A on my Instagram because I was... It was more than two hours. We were supposed to get in at 6.15, and we got in at, like, 10. 10. Yeah, it was a, all in all, this whole thing cost us an extra four hours. And like, oh, it was awful. We're both, and, and I need to complain more. I'm not done with okay. this. Um, the flight attendants, I, first of all, I hate American. I, every time I fly American, I'm like, you know that you hate American. Why did you do this? Anyway, um, we, they the, were mean. The flight attendants were terrible. They didn't, we were on this four hour ground layover. Nobody offered us water. Nobody apologized. Nobody apologized. They like, Tried to explain it like they were like, everyone's being testy. And it was like, yeah. Yeah, because this fucking sucks. They were out of food on the plane. Somebody next to me tried to order like one of the snack pack things. And they're like, we don't have any. 
Yeah, I ate a whole bag of gummy worms that were in the bottom of my carry-on. It was, oh, it, it was, was so terrible. Awful. Kate asked for sparkling water. Of course she did. And they said the, uh, they said that they were out of it. And the pilot was like, well, I guess you could get regular water and blow bubbles in it. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. So it was pretty special. It definitely has me reconsidering ever flying with American again. Uh, it was it was one of those things where I had a plan in my head. I like specifically picked the flight because, yes, we were going to get home, be able to unpack, get ready for the week ahead because the week after vacation is always awful. So, yeah, I wanted to like we were supposed to get in at six. I was like, great. I'll be home by eight. I will eat dinner I will go to bed early I'll kind of like decompress from a travel day this is gonna be so smart and instead I got home at 11 yeah and I was like what can I eat yeah I ate um I had gotten this mailing of cookies from a brand and cookies for dinner the cookies were kind of stale but I ate them anyway oh my god I had like plain pasta I was like well you were better than I was Ugh. yeah it was oh I was so annoyed yeah so so annoyed at both American and at the Dum Dum who took drugs before this flight. Yeah. I mean, it was the Dum Dum. And an American could have just, like, been really nice about it. And they weren't. Yeah. They were, like, really kind of nasty. Ugh. Yeah. So what's your other low? Oh, my other low is that I, um like, this trip was so much fun. But I also realized, like, I have a lot of work going on right now between the podcast, the blog, planning our live show, my Sephora partnership. I was like, I cannot be going on another trip. I had planned a yoga retreat in Mallorca in June and I decided to cancel it. Just And you know what? Like canceling it was the best feeling. I was like, okay, I feel so much better. And you cannot go on a trip if you're even slightly dreading it. Like that is not the point of spending all that money and vacation time. So I'll go on another trip maybe in the fall. But but hot segue hot segue guess what we're doing we're doing some more live shows we're doing a tour a mini a tour. tour a mini tour it's a, a mini, mini tour. tour um i don't know if the details are going to be released by the time this episode drops so what i will say is you need to make sure you're following us on instagram make and sure. facebook yeah because they might sell out like these venues are smaller than the ones that than caroline's yeah some of them are so yeah we have some tour dates that we're going to announce. So if you are in Boston, Chicago, Nashville, we added Nashville like based on mm-hmm. demand. Um, what's the other one? And DC. DC and possibly Charleston, but we like Charleston might take a little bit longer to plan. We can't figure out the right venue in Charleston. So if you live there and you have an idea, please let us know. We're looking for a space that can fit like 150 to 200 people, ideally not a theater, somewhere that, that people can drink and have fun. Um, yeah. And we can't find anything. So make sure that you're you're ready. We have yes. some live shows coming in June. Yes, our tour. I, I just like saying that I'm going on tour. I know, <laughs> me too. I was like... I'm like, oh, I'm very busy right now. I'm planning my live show tour. I know. I <laughs> was saying to somebody... Um, I was saying to like one of my friends who uh, is having her bridal shower I was like well I'm going to be on tour in June and she's like are you saying that to be obnoxious and I was like yes oh yeah I'm full I fully know I'm obnoxious yeah I think it's hilarious I told it's a sentence I never thought I would I texted my family group text I'm like well you know I know we have all this going on but I will be on tour (laughs) (laughs) so guys when we talk about being tour know that we going on tour we know we're obnoxious we think it's hilarious but we think it's funny we just still think it's 
funny and amazing that so many of you want to see us live. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's so cool. And like, again, we, we say it all the time, but thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for telling your friends. Thank you for coming to our shows. Thank you for bringing your friends to our shows. All the things. But you want to know what? What? Oh, another segue. We're on fire Not- today with the segues. I only want to thank some of the people. The you pe- know who I don't want to thank? People who haven't left us a review. Yeah, because it's Desperation Minute. It's now Desperation Minute, guys. We've had a little Hot wine segues. and we're like so, so into the segues today. So it's Desperation Minute. Becca, what can people do if they love this podcast? They can leave us a goddamn iTunes review. Leave us a review. It helps us so much. We will not show up in the iTunes charts if we're not getting new subscribers and new reviews. And the only way to grow is to show up in those charts. So do it. Do it. Please do it. Do it. I'm counting. We, you know, we have 5,000 Instagram followers now. and We don't have 5,000 reviews. So help us out, please. Support. Help a sister out. Support your local and it's only going to help friends make this podcast better because like as we reach out to authors and like all of our dream guests, the first thing they look at is to see how many reviews we have. So that helps us make a case and get really incredible guests as well as more live shows. Do us a favor. Yes. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Now we're done being desperate. We're done talking about live shows. We are going to talk more about us let's talk about work yes we're gonna talk about work today okay grace so before the fame and fortune of your successful blog before I became a celebrity basically just kidding what did you do before working for yourself okay so Becca knows this I'm old I'm assuming that some of you are new here and haven't listened to our whole Yeah, give thing. us like the the deep dive. Yeah, so I graduated college in 2003. My first job was I was an assistant buyer for Filene's department stores. It's now a part of Macy's, but that was based in Boston. I did I loved that Filene's. Oh my god, I loved it. The the Downtown Crossing store was so amazing. I even remember in my childhood I I feel like I shopped a lot at Filene's. Oh, same, same. It was Filene's and Jordan Marsh like for growing up on Cape Cod. But so I did that for three and a half years, I was in women's fragrances. And when I was there, I built relationships with all of the different fragrance companies that I worked with. So what ended up happening was our company got purchased by Macy's and I was going to lose my job. And the choice was like, go to like stay in Boston and work for like a very matronly um, fashion brand. Like I think the two options, there was like three options. You could go to TJX, J. Jill or Talbot's. And I didn't really want to do any of those things. You know, I was, I, sh- I mean, I shop at those stores now, but I was 24 years old and wanted to like be doing something cool and interesting. And I wanted to stay in the beauty industry. Like I've always been so passionate about beauty. So I weaseled my way into P&G. I got a job with a company that was at the time called Cosmopolitan Cosmetics as a marketing manager. And I, um, I knew that they were they had been acquired and like it was such a great opportunity like to get into marketing at Procter and Gamble is like it's like getting into Harvard it's really hard I and mean, most people who work there have their MBA so I was like the dumbest person in the company you were not no I wasn't but um it was it was amazing and I learned so much so I moved to New York in 2006 and I worked there for another three and a half years then I ended up getting laid off it was 2008. Or 2000, I don't know when it was. It was 2000, I think I moved here in 2005. I'm doing the math in my head, whatever. Um, It was the recession and they cut our team by like 40%. So 
I was laid off, but then I got a job working for Cody, where I became the marketing manager on Sally Hansen, and then ultimately ended up going back to fragrances. But I was kind of feeling tired and burnt out at that time. Like, I didn't really love um, working there. It was my dream job. I had my own office. Like, I was making six figures. I thought I, like, had everything all figured out, and I wasn't happy. So I had this – I had started this blog as, like, a passion project, and I wrote about Bar, and they ended up offering me a job. And I was like, to run social media? Like, what? And they were a teeny tiny baby company teeny, then. Tiny. It was at the very beginning. Yeah. So I took like a $40,000 pay cut and like figured things out. I was moving in with my boyfriend at the time. So it was a huge, huge risk. But I did that. And it was a great move. I was so happy. And while I was there, it allowed me to also grow my blog because I was building all these relationships with different people in, in the social media space and other influencers. And I just like loved working there. And it really made me think like seeing building a company from like nothing into something was like, oh, I could probably do this for myself. Yeah. What about you? Okay. So I graduated college in 2008 in the recession. It was a bad year to graduate. 2008 was a, just a rough year all around. It I was. was unemployed. You couldn't find a job. No, I did. I had a, a job when I graduated college. I worked for oh. a consulting firm. And I I tell people that I grew up in a family where you had to be like a doctor, a lawyer, or a vague business person. So I, I was like, okay, cool. I'll go be a vague business person. So I got a job in consulting and I really liked the company. It was a great company. They It was a boutique firm and all of the um, partners had come from big four consulting firms. And so they wanted to make sure that the travel schedule was manual and the manageable and the hours were good. So it was a great place to work, but pretty immediately... I was like, I'm not into this. It's it was the worst when you, that was how I felt like a lot of jobs. Like it's a great place and you have great friends, but you don't like it. Well, I mean, the thing was, is that I didn't know what the job meant when I took it. I was like, cool, I need a job. They're offering me a job. This sounds important. Great. I'm going to do this. And it was fun because I got to travel and I, I thought that was like cool when I was 22. Yeah. But um, it wasn't a good time to get another job. Doesn't work travel always sound so glamorous. It is until not glamorous. It's the worst. It is truly the worst. So... Except um, for fre- frequent flyer miles. True. And Amex points. Yes. So it wasn't a good time to get another job. I stayed there for two and a half years. And at the time, I lived with one of my best friends, Molly. And her dad owned our apartment building. He would like bought a, like a townhouse in Southie when Southie was still like pretty gritty. And we lived there. And <laughs> her dad is really volatile. And they got in a huge fight. And um, he ended up kicking us out of the apartment. I can't believe someone's father, no matter what's gone wrong, like, oh, no, this is very typical of him. So he kicked us out of the apartment. He was like, you have to be out by the end of the month. And it was kind of a wake up call for me because I realized that if I didn't have, if I wasn't living with my best friend in this cheap, nice apartment that, you know, we had this great deal with, um, I didn't want to live in Boston. So Grace is also Instagram storying me right now. And Mm -hmm. I, I don't know what I look like, but, um, So I had this like quarter life crisis, a really intense quarter life crisis. And I decided that I wanted to move to San Francisco, which is a city I had never been to. I was just like, I have a feeling I need to move. So I moved to San Francisco without having a job. And I decided that I really wanted to work in fashion. I'd always thought that that was like the coolest, most 
glamorous, interesting career. So I ended up. Finding, I felt the same way. Totally. I it was. It was growing up reading magazines. Yes, we both were such big magazine yes, readers as kids, for sure. So, um, I ended up finding a job on Craigslist for this startup denim company, and I took it because it was a fashion company, not because it was a startup. But I ended up really, really liking working in a startup. So. It was there for a year and a half. It was this custom denim brand where you customized the style and the fit of your jeans. And I actually think it was such a cool concept. I'm going to be like kicking myself in a few years. Somebody's going to make it really big with something similar. That's how we met was you reached out to me to get me to blog about it. Oh, I thought it was to do a giveaway with Bobble Bar. No, no. It was to, it was first for me to wear the jeans and then it was, you then pitched me Bobble Bar and then like a few months later you reached out and you're like, hey... Yeah, like, I want to move to New York and work for Bolivar. Well, so the company folded. So yeah. we could, we ran out of money. And the experience of working for a startup that is folding is not something that I would wish on my worst enemy. It was really stressful. It was this roller coaster of like, will we have jobs? Will we not have jobs? We uh, At some point, they like weren't paying people. It was very dramatic. But the company ended up closing. And I was in San Francisco. And San Francisco is not a great city to work in fashion. And at the time, I was very gung-ho that I wanted to stay in fashion. So I decided that I needed to move to LA or New York. So I'm so glad you didn't go to LA. I actually don't. I'm not an LA person. I hate driving. Yeah. So I don't know that that would have been a great fit. I would totally live in LA if I didn't have to drive. But um, I was doing I have some... have a driver and be really rich. I was doing some freelance writing and I like conned my way into coming to New York to cover Fashion Week. And I didn't know this. Yeah. And I while I was here, I set up an interview with Bobble Bar via Grace. Yeah. And we didn't know each other. Yeah. I was just like, yeah, sure. Here's our marketing VP. I'll introduce you. Well, they were hiring somebody. So I reached yeah. out to Grace and I was like, hey, I'm interested in this job. Like, who should I talk to? And so I ended up getting an interview. I was and like, I don't know this person, but here you go. Yeah. And great glowing reference, <laughs> glowing reference. Who knew we would be here? Yeah. And um, I interviewed at Bobble Bar and I remember they called me after the interview and they offered me the job on the contingency that I could start in two weeks. And I was like, yeah, sure. I like, of course I can. So then I went back to San Francisco, figured out how to move everything here in two weeks to be like ready to start a new job. I was at Bobble Bar for three years and I was probably maybe like the 15th employee. It was yeah, early, you were still early, but not you as early, early as Grace. Early, but you were like a year after me because we were already in that new office. Yep. And I was there for about three years and I really liked it, but um, I kind of felt boxed in where they're like, I had a boss and like I couldn't really go anywhere. Like I couldn't be promoted really. Yeah. She was ready to lead marketing and that wasn't going to happen because right. you had a boss. So I ended up uh, talking to the founders of one of the founders of Lola to give them marketing advice. And I, if you had told me at that time that my next job was going to be working for a tampon company, I would have laughed at you. Like I definitely would have put it somewhere like slightly above garbage collector on like my list of like plausible jobs. Yeah. But I heard the story of, um, of what they were trying to do and and kind of what the regulatory atmosphere was around feminine care products. And I was so outraged. And I remember 
I asked you if you'd heard, if you knew this. I asked Jackie if she knew about this. Like I was like on this tear, just going around asking people if they knew what was in their tampons, and I just couldn't get it out of my head. And I remember, um, kind of like trying to get everyone I knew to convince me not to take the job because I was like, is this career suicide? And eventually I was just like, I'm so into this. I can't shake this. I can't get it out of my head. So I left and I was, I joined them before they even launched. So I was the first employee. I joined them like two months before we launched the business and helped them to get ready for launch. And I was there for um, just under three years too. And I, I like built the whole marketing function and hired a team. And it was such a cool experience. Um, and that was my life before I went freelance. Yeah. So Becca, what what is it like working for yourself? How do you like it so far? I like it. Well, you skipped a question. I did? Yeah. Oh, sorry. How did you make the decision to, to work for yourself? This is what happens. I've had four sips of wine and I'm I'm all over the place. I'm trying to keep it in chronological yes. Yes. No, order. No, I just skipped it. Um, I made the decision because I, I felt done at Lola. I felt like I was really burnt out. I'd been there for three years. I felt like I was running my head into the same walls and I was just like, I'm done. But at the same time, I like couldn't get excited about anything else. I I was like, I took a long weekend between Bobble Bar and Lola and anyone who has worked at a startup knows that it's 150% all the time. Yes. Like I, all the time. All the time. You work weekends. You work nights. Like you don't stop thinking about work. You don't stop working. It was such a crazy pace and I was just like so burnt out and I was like I like there's nothing I'm excited about so and that's what fuels working the ability to work for a startup is that you love what you're doing and you're so totally. excited and so I kind of was like I wanted I don't have the founder itch I don't want to start something but I was like I want to have more control over my schedule mm-hmm. and I've been at that point I'd been in New York about six six and a half years and I was like, okay, I feel like I have enough connections. I feel like I have enough seniority in my job. I know what I'm doing. Like, I feel like I can go sell this to other people. So I kind of started it as like, I don't know what this is going to be. I'm going to go dip a toe. But I was like, let me see how this works. And I guess I'm like eight months in now and I'm V into it. Yeah. What about you? How did you make the decision that it was time to do your blog full time? There was a lot of things at play, but the biggest thing. So I was like such a holdout. Like at the time, I think it's gotten better. There was such a stigma around being a full time blogger, like at least in my head. Like I was like, I'm giving up my career. I've worked on this 12 year long career. Like and I'm going to just walk away from that. And I was very nervous about that. But at the end of the day, I was just so burnt out. Do you remember, like, I had that launch party for my site? And, yes. Because I changed from Stripes and Sequins to the Stripe. And, like, the rebrand was a ton of work. And then we threw this big party, actually, in Williamsburg at Sweet House, that cupcake place, for to celebrate. And I remember I, the next day I made it to work, and then it was Friday, and I spent the whole weekend in bed. I couldn't – I felt like I couldn't move. I was just so tired. And it was at that moment where I was kind of like – I need to quit. Like I was making more money from the blog than I was from my salary. I was so tired. I like I was a shell of a human. Like every weekend was spent like spending at least like 15 to 20 hours working. Every week was about 60 hours at Bobble Bar and then coming home 
and trying to scramble to write my post for the next day and then doing like super early morning photo shoots with Lydia to like get content created. I also remember you you kept needing to pass up really cool opportunities with the blog. Yeah, I was getting, I remember I got like invited to Hawaii with One King's Lane for like a nine day trip and obviously was like, yeah, no, I can't come. I have a day job. Sorry. Like, so there were so many things and I was, but I really did not want to be a full-time blogger. I was like, I want to keep like doing this. And now like everyone's quitting their jobs to be freelance or we're going to talk a little bit about that later, but like I did not want to do it. And it was really because I physically was just so fucking tired and like my health was suffering. Like I was like unable to sleep. I, it was really, really bad. So clearly you got over that. I got over that. What has it been like working for yourself? Really good. So it's been about four years for me. That's so crazy that I it's know. been four years. I know. Cause I did spend about six months where I convinced Bobble Bar to let me work for them. I think two or three days a week and do part-time but it didn't make sense because I was still doing almost all of the same work except without health insurance and getting paid like half of it so I was like I'm I, this I'm no so it was very hard but um it's great um it's I will say that I work harder than I have in any other day job because I'm just so motivated and that like every dollar that I earn goes to me. And if I don't work hard, if I fuck up, like it's on me. I do not have like a lot of savings. I have enough savings where if it was a few months, I would be fine. But I do not have a wealthy family. I do not have a wealthy husband or boyfriend or anyone to support me. So if I fuck up, like Tyrion is pretty wealthy. He just had his first sponsored campaign. He did. So I can like maybe lean back on Tyrion. But like there's a lot of pressure. But I will say my favorite thing is the flexibility. And like I can go to yoga in the middle of the day if I want to. Or I can like get a blowout at 1 p.m. at my favorite salon where it's half off on Mondays, you know. So there's like little things. Or go grocery shopping in the middle of the day. Yes. Like all that annoying shit that comes with um, that comes with when you work nine to five or nine to seven or whatever that may be you can navigate around that and we can travel or go places although right now I feel like I have to just like be here um it's pretty great what about you I love it I came into working for myself and I I made like a mental bargain and I said I will give it a year and see how I feel about it and then reassess and I I love it like I'm not at a year yet but I'm like yeah I'm I'm in I'm all in on this and I think a few things so first of all I love having more flexibility I like also being able to listen to myself and what I need so if I'm really tired and I want to sleep in if I want to work out in the middle of the day if there's an afternoon where I'm like I'm just not being productive right now I don't need to fake it so I'm really enjoying it But the other thing is that, like, in my career, I've been a stayer. I haven't bounced around a lot. And Mm -hmm. I think it's been really fun to be able to work with different companies and in different industries on a short-term basis and to, like, get to see so much more. Like, I feel like I've learned and experienced so much in the past eight months, way more than I would have at a full-time job. So I'm really excited about it. And then the other thing is that I feel like, me being freelance has allowed us to invest in and grow the podcast we would not be if you still had a day job and we were recording we're recording at night right now but like we would not be 
doing what we're doing. Yeah. For the first few months, we would record at night or we would record on the weekend. Yeah. And, and that was fine. But yeah, I mean, but we, you know, I was like, okay, if I have to edit the podcast, I'm going to do it at 11 o'clock at night after I'm done with all my work stuff. So yeah, I think it's given me the mental space to like take this seriously. Yeah. And we can plan like planning this tour or working with advertisers. That's all a lot of work. Like you just made us, she just made us the most beautiful media kit to send to our advertisers, which I was very grateful for as my PowerPoint skills are quite lacking. I'm good at PowerPoint. Yeah. She's really good at it. But all that is to say, I'm really liking it. Yeah. So, Grace, I feel like there is a huge misconception around what you do and that people, I know that some people, not me, don't think it's a job. <laughs> Can you explain what you do? Because you work harder than most people I know. I just think that yeah. people don't see the work. Yeah. So I actually think I have a good way to kind of explain it. So, you know, like a, a, um, a jewelry brand like Balabar, for example, like the product is the jewelry. But there's all this work that goes into putting the product out there. So my product is the blog posts that you see and Instagrams and the photos and all of that. But creating the actual content, like even writing the blog posts, even like just doing the photo shoots is maybe 20% of my day. Like I, well, I will say that lately I've been, because I turned my DMs back on. I'm on DMs like three hours a day, which is out of control. I might turn them back off, but I don't want to. It's, I mean, it's serious. Like it's people all don't consuming. realize that it's all, if you have one little question that you ask a blogger, rest assured, 30 people have probably asked them that. Yeah. So I try so hard to tag every single brand and every story and, and you know, I love, I love like the weird chats that I have with people, but when it's like, where's that from? Where's that from? I'm like, oh my God. Like, cause I don't want to be spending three hours a day on my phone replying right. to that stuff. So I will say like, there's also all this back and forth. So I have a manager who negotiates my contracts for me. So I generally speak to her every day, like going back and forth on what's due, everything else there. If I have a sponsored campaign, there are drafts due, like they have to see the images and like the videos if it's a story ahead of time and the captions and working with them to revise that. There is a ton involved in like reading every single contract that comes through um, all of the accounting and back end work. Also researching things. I have a person who helps me with SEO because, you know, obviously we're trying to grow the site as much as possible. So she helps me research different topics and then I do that myself. Um, what else? I would say that like the biggest chunk of time is with really community management. So going into Facebook groups and being active there, replying to, I reply to every single Instagram comment, every single DM, every single Facebook comment, every single tweet. Like there is so, like that, I would say I spend more time responding to things than actually creating content, which bums me out a little because if I didn't get so many DMs, I could create more content. But then I'm also happy because I have such an engaged readership and people that actually want to talk to me. Well, also, I think the other thing that you're not saying to like put words in your mouth is yeah. that, um, you also have to do relationship building. And so oh my God, so all the events, events and the and networking. Meetings, which yeah. are fun and seem really cool and glamorous. Oh my God, this week, this week I had, um, so we got back to the city and I my first meeting, it was a manicure and a pedicure, which is great, but it was with a PR firm that brings me a lot of work and I needed to do that to keep that relationship going. Then I had lunch at Frenchette, which looked very glamorous, but that was for an advertiser that, 
I'm working with on my blog and is probably going to work with us on the podcast. And then I had a scalp treatment and a blowout, which like that's very glamorous. But then I was doing a shoot the next day. So like I had to have my hair ready for that. And then I was up until two in the morning because I was in meetings from 10 to four. So I had to work. Well, the other thing is that like all of these things are really fun. But when you feel you're like, oh, I have other things I need to do. Or you're like, I'm tired. I just don't want to be doing this. Like there's nothing worse than having to go to an event at night, like no matter how glamorous it is. And you're like, I just want to be on my couch. Yeah. I haven't had, well, today, today is Friday that we're recording. I got home from our morning meeting and like, again, I was up till 1am last night working and I just took a two hour long nap and it was so good. And this is, this goes along with the, the benefits of being self-employed. You can decide that you, you can need do that. that. And I was like, you know, you'll make I, it up somewhere. Yeah. Like maybe I'll work a little tonight after you leave, but that's fine. I got that nap and that felt so good. Yeah. So I will say one of the big downfalls of blogging and like influence and whatnot is there are so many events and it looks very glamorous and fun, but you, need to go to them because you need to keep the relationships up or you won't get the work yeah yeah so those are I'm like looking I have this thing written about this I'm like looking at notes I think that's I would say that's like the the bulk of what I do okay what about you so I I actually don't understand a lot of what Becca does so I'm fascinated (laughs) um so I uh, am a marketing consultant and uh what I do really depends on the brand So um, with smaller brands, um, for instance, I'm working with a brand that's going to launch later this year called Henning, which is a plus size workwear brand. It looks so beautiful. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited for it. So with a brand like that, I'll come in and help them to put together a full marketing strategy. So how do we talk about ourselves? What does our social media look like and what do we talk about on social media? Who are the people that we want to partner with? What does our email program look like? Like, what channels are we using for our business? For them, like, how do we launch this business? How do we get people talking about this? How do we get excited? So um, with small companies, you know, I'll I'll come in and I'll do, really help them to put a strategy into place and then help them to figure out how to execute it. Um, With other companies that are maybe more mid-sized, I'll come in and maybe own a part of the business that they need some help on. So um, maybe, as an example, they are not seeing as much sales growth as they want. So they say, we're spending money, but we don't think we're spending money well. Yeah. So kind of come in and look at how are they spending their marketing dollars? How should they be spending their marketing dollars? Helping them with testing to kind of establish, you know, what they should be doing, helping them with measurement. Um, or on the flip side, you know, some brands will say, we don't know how to talk about ourselves. So I can, I will also help brands with content marketing. Yeah. Um, and with larger brands, you know, sometimes they have a full team so I just worked with Daily Harvest on a project and they have a big marketing team their overall whole business team I think is probably about 150 people but um, I came in and worked with them and they said we want to go live on TV we want to do TV advertising but we don't know how to do that so I came in and helped them to find the right creative partner help them to create their creative brief and really help to own from the inside the process of making a TV commercial. Yeah. And then also help them to find their media agency. What a cool learning experience for you too. So, I mean, I've done TV before, but um, yeah, I mean, it's really cool to do it with different brands and to, you know, try new industries and things like that. 
So, you know, with them, they have a team and they were like, we don't know how to do this one thing. So I really owned like a very discreet part of their business. So, um, yeah, everything I do is very, I would say, like somewhat bespoke to what the company needs. I've been really lucky in my career. I think one of the things that working at a startup is that I tell people that my most valuable skill is that I can figure shit out. And at a startup, you know, there's nobody else to do the job. Yeah. Like if something needs to be done, you need to figure it out. You're an athlete. Like even with the podcast, you figured out, like remember when we had the audio going in the wrong ears? Yeah. You figured that out. Yeah. I I, I mean, that's what working at startups has taught me. So, yeah. you know, I've had a really great opportunity to work on some of the more like customer acquisition or customer retention things that are a little more numbers driven in marketing. But then I've also worked on more brand things and you know how do we talk about this what does this look like I, I made a ton of video at, at Lola um, so yeah I, I don't know that I have like a singular project that I'm like this is what I do yeah which I, I like that I like that all of the clients that I work with are a little different yeah so tell me what your typical day in the life of Grace Atwood looks like so they're definitely all different um I will just like I guess I'll give you like a like an ideal day where I don't have like a ton of meetings and don't have to go in the city a lot. I would say I'm usually up at like 7:30. I try and be sitting at my desk at like 8. If if I'm not sitting at my desk and I have a hangover or I'm tired, I'm like laying in my bed and I'm responding to DMs from the night before and then I usually try and get an Instagram post up at 8:30 in the morning. Um and then I go and I'm usually at my desk from 8, 8.30 until about noon. Um, and during that time, I'm doing emails, contracts. I'm ideally, which has not been the case this week, writing the following day's blog post. Um, right now, I've been doing that at night, which is like killing me and my sleep habits. But then also on an ideal week, this has not been this week, is I'll go take a yoga class at 12, which I love because then the classes at SkyTing are pretty empty. So you get a lot of personal help and assistance and it's great. Come home, like shower, get like ready for the day. Then from I'd say two until five or six is either I'm writing and working or I'm doing a photo shoot or we're, we're recording the podcast or I am in the city taking meetings. Like I try and like plan, like I love an afternoon coffee meeting so that I've like, you know, done my work in the morning, gone to yoga. I can do the afternoon meeting. If the afternoon meeting turns into like another, like I'll, I'll oftentimes have like a 3 p.m. coffee, go to Soho House and do like a couple hours of work and then go to like a six o'clock drinks and then do events for the night. Um, that works out really well but I try and like always block things off together like I'll be like this is my day where I'm going to take city meetings and like 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 Tuesday when I had all those things all in a row because I hate when I have to like make multiple trips in and out of the city it gets really exhausting yeah there's usually an event at night if not I'm like seeing a friend or doing something or ideally having some gravity blanket time and then um lately I've been working from about like nine till midnight but I'm hoping that changes because this weekend I'm going to spend Sunday working so that I can like get back on track. Okay. Yeah. It's, it really varies, but yeah, I always try and keep those mornings free. I try not to take any meetings on Monday because Monday is my writing, editing, shooting day. Yep. And other than that, it's all over the place, but I try, I like that structure where I'm like, I don't do anything in the morning and then I take my yoga class and then I like spend the afternoon doing meetings and stuff. Yeah. What about you? 
So I would say that I usually wake up between 8 and 8.30. I am not a morning person. Me either. I set an alarm so that I get up, but I'm not my sharpest in the morning. So I, I like that I can sleep a little bit later now that I work for myself. Yeah. Um, I would say I try to have two days a week where I'm fully working from home, where maybe I'm taking calls, but I'm not leaving for meetings. I don't have to get ready. I can be in my sweatpants all day. And on those days, I try to start work by about 9 or 9.30. Um, usually, I'll, I'll do some emails and things in the morning. I like a morning workout class. So sometimes I will go to like a 10.30 workout class. I'll do my emails, then work out, then... I wish there was more of those in Williamsburg. Like yeah. everything is at noon or 3 or like really early in the morning. Yeah, I like a 10.30 if I can, if I can get it. So then I'll come back, shower... And then, you know, do calls or like sit down and have time blocks on my calendar that I'm doing more strategic projects. Yeah. Um, but it really helps me to have a couple of days where I don't have to get dressed and get on the subway and go places. Yeah. Um, and those days I'll also try to like take a walk or like go get lunch, some like go get a salad at Sweetgreen and like walk there so that I get out of the house a little bit. It's so important. Like I find myself... Like, there will be days where I'm butting in on you. I look at my steps, and I've, like, taken 100 steps because I haven't left the oh, house yeah. all day. Yeah. I would say one day a week we usually podcast. We usually do it in the afternoon. Um, I have had clients in the past where I'm in-house for half a day a week, and I have a new one starting next week that I'm going to do half a day a week. So some some days I'm, like, at a client, like, in an office. Yeah. Um, and then I take a lot of meetings. So, you know, I – Because you have to always be pitching yourself. Yeah. Keep it, it's, again – It's it's relationships. So, so much of bo- what both of we do. I take a lot of meetings with founders and um, investors and, you know, different people at – you know, who can connect me to work. And then I also take a lot of meetings with other freelancers to, like, kind of know – you know, like they're my peers, like what's going on? Like what type of projects are they doing? So, you know, I, I do have a lot of meetings like that. I, I will say, so my, I usually work with two to three clients at a time. Two is a happy place and three is like a full plate, but even with three, it's about 30 hours a week of contracted work. And then on top of that, you know, there's transiting to meetings there's the podcast there's other things so it's not as if I I, and all the networking and keeping relationships I think that for both of us we don't count those meetings and all that stuff that we do as work I really thought when I started working for myself that I was like cool 30 hours that means I should have Fridays off every week and and that's not I love your optimism I know that's not the case I was like yeah uh uh-huh Becca sure um but yeah I I feel like I try to wind down working by five o'clock on the average day, there are definitely days that I end up working late or needing to like go to a dinner or a meeting and then come back and work at night. But I'm, I'm trying to have better boundaries. I like that. I need, to, I don't have any boundaries right now, but it's fine. It's hard. It's really hard. It's hard. Yeah. Ugh. Yes. So as you're seeing, working for yourself is not a walk in the park, but the flexibility makes it so worth it. Yeah. And the fact that the harder you work, you get to keep the money. Yeah. So I'm into that. <laughs> I'm greedy. Um, no. But I think that people definitely think that it's easy or like I get so many of my friends are like, 
oh, like, do you want to have lunch in the middle of the week? Or do you want to, like, have go day drinking at, like, 3 p.m. on a Friday? I'm like, no. Like, I think there's just a misconception that it's easy. So what is the best part of working for yourself and the worst part of working for yourself? The best part is... Um, the best part is the flexibility. Mm -hmm. The worst part is health insurance and accounting. And like my health insurance is, I have Oscar. That was one of the questions we got. And I think my health insurance is like $700 a month right now. Mine is $750. Yeah. Yeah. And then like all the QuickBooks stuff and the backend stuff and invoicing and running around trying to get paid. Kristen, thank God, my manager, um, I've started, I don't even mind the negotiations with brands. It's the getting paid part. Mm-hmm. She helps me track down payments because sometimes you'll I'll look in QuickBooks and I'm like, oh shit, like that brand owes me like several thousand dollars from eight months ago. Oof. Yeah. So I would say that's the worst part for me. Oof. I'm also just like not great with money. So like dealing with that from a business side is really hard. Yeah. What about you? So I agree. The best part is the flexibility. And I think th- the flexibility in two ways. So first on the day-to-day, being able to say, I'm really tired. What I need is to sleep until 9.30 or yes. I need to stop working at three because I'm feeling insane and like I can do that. Yeah. So I think having the flexibility that way. And I also think having the flexibility to travel more. Like the reason that we can do this live show tour is because I can, you know, I can work on trains and planes and you know yeah. do my work from other places I don't if need we to had day jobs, physically that would not be happening be here mm-hmm. and the same thing with travel like we um you know I went to Mexico City last last month and I worked from there you know I had my computer and I had cell service and I could take calls in the mornings from there and then like go eat tacos in the afternoon yeah so the flexibility is great I actually think the worst part for me is um the lack of a regular social outlet like you or an introvert and I'm an extrovert. Yeah. And I miss having coworkers. And I think I miss having coworkers too though. I think, I think one about of, all the time. That's why I'm so glad we have each other with this. I was this. gonna say, yeah, I yeah. think having the podcast have a again. has really changed my outlook because I see you usually three to four times a week. Oh my god, we, this is our twice this is the second time we've seen each other today. We had a yes. morning meeting and then we We also yes. recorded a, another uh, an interview yesterday. Like we see each other all the time. I really miss getting dressed up and going to an office and having people to gossip about whatever TV show we were watching and like people to commiserate like even if it's because your boss is like sucking that day like. I miss all of that except the getting dressed. I love that I can be a slob. Oh okay. I I like being a slob sometimes. Oh I love it. It wears off after a couple years. I love that I could um like today uh, no, today's not a good example because we had a breakfast meeting. I had to get dressed this morning. I've but you're back to... in leggings and a BC t-shirt. Yeah, I have managed to get back into comfy clothes. But um, I love just being able to be like, cool, I don't have to do my hair. I don't have to put on makeup. I don't have to wear clothes. I can just be productive and like not worry about it. Yes. Yeah. Okay, Becca. So I think a lot of people, you know, are have similar jobs to your old job and look at you and are like, I want that. What advice would you give to someone who wants to do something similar to what you're doing? Okay. I don't want to be a pessimist, but I would say to make sure that you are at the point in your career and the point with your network that you can find work. I have had, I think, a very different experience than a lot of people where I have not had to hustle 
very hard for projects. Every project I've taken has been a referral from somebody in my network or somebody I already knew. Relationships are everything. That's why we both spend so much time on them. And I honestly think that if I had tried to go freelance three years before, like when I left Bobble Bar instead of when I left Lola, I do not think I would have been particularly successful or at least would have been a lot harder. Yes. So I would say to make sure... You also already had that leadership experience under your belt. Mm -hmm. I would say to make sure you're at the right point in your career, the right point with your network, that this makes sense. Because I think a lot of people look at the perks, but, you know, I don't know. I would have a very different outlook if, if I were struggling to find work. Yeah. And I think that, you know, the other thing is like in other cities, I think it would be, I do not think I would be very successful if I were trying to get this work remotely. And if I were in another city and trying to pitch into businesses in New York, I think people really like that I can be, you know, I I can come to meetings in the office and I, um, there's FaceTime. So I think, you know, making sure that in your city, wherever you are or in your town, there is a good amount of work in what you want to do. And I think that's maybe different for other skill sets. Like if you're a graphic designer, like I work with two graphic designers all the time. One lives in Baton Rouge and one lives in somewhere in South Carolina. Yeah, I don't remember where she lives. But, um, you know, I think with other skill sets, maybe it's different. But, you know, if you're like hiring an interim head of marketing, you're like, I want to see you. Yeah. I want to like talk to you. So I, I guess that would be kind of my, that's like kind of negative advice. But I would say... It's better to be overly cautious than to like go out and be like, oh, Jesus, I don't know how to pay my bills. And this is like really bad. Yeah. What about you? What advice would you give if somebody is for somebody in your industry, somebody who's a blogger or has built a following and is like, can I do this full time? Well, the first thing I'd say is make sure you save, like have at least I'd say six months of savings before you do this and probably for you as well. I just, I, so I got, I quit my job and had no sponsored posts for one month. It was fine. Like, I make money in other ways, like from affiliate revenue and what have you. But I was like, fuck, like, maybe I shouldn't have done this. And then the next month, I made, like, double what I usually make. But it's so inconsistent, so saving is so important. The other thing I would say is make sure you love it. Like, I think that so many people see influencers and, like, the unboxing of all the products and the free trips. And so I think they see all these perks and are like, oh yeah, I want that. But if you don't truly love it, like you're you have to work so hard behind the scenes. So like I love my job. I love sharing. I love talking about the things I like. Like I've just naturally been someone that is like very passionate about products. I'm a consumer. I love beauty products and clothes and everything else. And I love doing this. But if you don't love it and you get into it because you want to make money or you want to get free stuff, you're not going to be successful. Yeah. So just make sure that you really love it. And also like make an elevator pitch or something because I get so defensive because a lot of people, like especially with dating and things, people don't think I work. And I've like finally figured out a nice way to explain what I do. But it's very hard. Just be prepared for people to like think you're lazy or think that you're wealthy or think that you're entitled like there's so many bad stereotypes of influencers and just be prepared for that because it sucks. Yeah. 
Sorry, I was also a pessimist, but I do love what we do or what I do. Well, I think that's the thing is like I I love it so much. No, it's I think one of the things is it's really easy to look at the good part and it's really easy to ignore the bad part. Yeah. And I, I just want to be realistic. I, yeah, I think both of us are just focusing on the negatives because the the good parts are really obvious. Yeah. And nobody sees the harder stuff. Yes. So how do you manage money and finances and working for yourself? Like that's the worst part. I I don't think it's the worst part, but I am I have a pretty left brained side of you're me. You're better with this side of this of it. I also I think it's one of the things that really helped me is that I started and I was like I'm professionalizing this as a business from day one, and I think it's harder to like go from being willy nilly about it to like to being, being serious yes. about it. So I think I treated it like a business from the first day. So I did not. So the the first thing I will say is that I make more money as a freelancer than I did in-house, which is great. So there is a financial perk to it. Um, I save 35% of every dollar that I get paid into a separate savings account that is for taxes. Um, I think it's probably a little aggressive, but I would rather have more money and get like a fake refund then mm-hmm. end up owing money that I didn't foresee coming. Um, the other thing that I try to remember is that even if I'm making a lot of money in a certain month, it doesn't mean that I will always make that amount of money. That's the big thing. So trying to set, you know, I, I try to think about it as like, here's what I think I will make in a year. And it's not, so if I have if three clients is a full plate it's not assuming that I have three clients for 12 months it's assuming that I have less than that and you know maybe there's some months where I have two clients or one client or maybe I want to take a month off so I have kind of set what I think I will make and then try to divide that by 12 rather than being like I got paid a lot this month I'm going to spend all this money um I have a great accountant which definitely helps I track everything in QuickBooks. I think one of the things that I have done that has made it a lot easier is I incorporated my business. I have a business bank account that is separate from my regular bank account. So I have a separate credit card that I put all of my business expenses on and it goes right into QuickBooks. So it's pretty easy to code it and separate it and know what my like write-offs are. So I think that's made a big difference. Um... But yeah, I, I try to think of it as, I try to think of myself as a business and not like, somebody paid me some money. Yeah, I'm still getting there. I um, It's bad because I've been doing this for much longer than Becca and I'm trying to get to the place that Becca is in. I will say that I also use QuickBooks for absolutely everything. I think it's really helpful to have that, like you can do your invoicing in there, you can do, you know, all of your expenses, you can sync it to your bank account and your credit cards and your PayPal and all of that. But um, it's a headache. It's it's my least favorite part. And like, I think that probably in the next year, I if I hire some help, it will be to help me with my finances. Like I have an accountant, but he doesn't do much. I think I need like the hands-on accountant. You need like a bookkeeper. Like a bookkeeper. Because there is just so much. Like I get I get like 100 1099s. Yeah. And then I get like and then the invoicing. Like thankfully my manager helps with that. And my expenses are out of control because like I buy a lot of weird shit for the blog. Like I have a recipe post and I forget that I need to expense those groceries for that recipe post. Or I have 
Like there's just it's a lot. Like it's yeah. it's a nightmare. But I'm working at it, and the way I look at it is I'm like taking baby steps, and that by 2019, no, we're in 2019. By 2020, see, I'm a, I'm totally right brained. Like I just want to focus on the creative parts. By 2020, I think I'll be in a good spot. Okay. <laughs> okay. So back to night pillows. Becca, why do we love them? Okay. They're based in New York City. I like to support a local business. They are female founded, which you know I love. And their product is so unique. So the pillow is memory foam, which I had never experienced before. Night pillow has a silk outside. And it's black, which helps with light blocking. Yes. So I started using mine after Ashley Spivey came on the podcast. And this she, is like, this feels like the idea of you. Like I've been talking about my night pillow and you never wanted one until Ashley Spivey came on. Yeah. I, I mean, she sent me one, which was so nice of her. The first night I slept on it, it was like love at first sleep. So I'm about a month into using mine now and like, I don't want to be without it. No, I would travel with mine if it was socially acceptable. It is socially acceptable, but it's hard. Yeah, they even have a travel case for it. But I just, I'm a minimalist when I travel. I can't do it. I have struggled with insomnia my whole life. Like, it's, I'm a bad sleeper. I have a cat that likes to howl in the middle of the night. Like, it's, it's, it's bad. This pillow is so much better for my sleep. The memory foam is amazing. It's really supportive. I also have a lot of, like, back and shoulder tightness, and that, that helps with that. Oddly, Tyrion likes it. Because it's kind of hard. He has bougie taste. He likes anything that's kind of hard. Like he doesn't like anything fluffy. He will Mm. never sit on a fluffy pillow. But because the pillow is like a little bit hard and he's so light that he doesn't really like sink into it, he loves it. And any guy that I ever date always tries and takes it from me. I do have two now. So if there's any men listening to this that want to like maybe sleep over, I've got two. So if you're not already sold because it's like the most comfortable pillow, which is to me, that's the most important thing. And we're gushing and this is an ad, but like I really want to stress we were fans before they ever paid us. Totally. And so, okay. So to me, the most important thing is that it's comfortable, but it's also really good for your skin and your hair. So because it's a silk pillowcase, it helps you to preserve a blowout and to like not have hair breakage if you like toss and turn. And then the silk is also really good for your skin. Yes. So we love our skin. We love our hair. I get I get blowouts like once a week, like because my hair is so hard to style. So I'm grateful for that. I have six pillows on my bed. My ritual before bed is I take all of them off except my two night pillows, and I only sleep using the night pillow. I um I like I know I sound we're gushing, but I'm obsessed with this pillow. And we have a treat for you. So if you go to www.discovernight.com, you can learn more about the Night Pillow and all of their other luxurious beauty sleep products. Hint, hint, they also have sheet masks, which we'll talk about at some point. But the sheet masks have gold in them, and they're just, like, magical and, like, leave your skin super glowy. But if you want to try out a Night Pillow, you can take 20% off using code BOP20. So that's discovernight.com and 20% off using code BOP20. The other thing that I will just really quickly say is that I know we got so many DMs about the night pillow and if we actually like it, which we do actually like it, but if you're on the fence, they have such a good return policy. Oh. So if you want to try it, you can return it if you don't like it. So you just won't keep that in it, mind. Trust me. Well, I know, but like yeah. keep that in mind if you're like skeptical. Yeah. So... Back to us. Back to us. 
Uh, we turned the tables on ourselves. I feel like usually we ask for questions for our guests, but I asked for questions for us, what yes. people wanted to know about us being self-employed. So, light, not lightning it's kind round, of a but lightning like lightning-ish round. We've been talking for a long time. Of listener questions. Yes. Grace, how do you keep a work-life balance? Or if you struggle too, how do you keep it at bay? I don't have a work-life balance and I actually have kind of accepted this and Shanae's episode of our podcast really helped me to just be like you know what I don't have a work-life balance but I love what I do I will say I take breaks that like noon yoga class is everything to me um if I am with people if I'm like at dinner or at drinks or on a date or on a girlfriend date the phone stays in the purse like if I want to take a picture for Instagram stories I take it I put it away I post it when I leave Mm-hmm. That has helped me a lot. But I don't have a work-life balance. I don't know if I ever will with this job, but I do love what I do and I take breaks. I love a social media free day on the weekend. I think that Sunday is going to be my day where I don't look at Instagram, don't look at DMs. I appreciate the honesty because I think a lot of people sell it as like, here's how I'm be- no, doing it all. I and you're like, I literally can't have one. And you saw me on that on, on the trip. I was not my best self for one day of the vacation because there was no Wi-Fi in Mexico. I had a sponsored post that was going up. I had a sponsored Instagram story and I couldn't put a swipe up because there was no internet. And I was freaking out because I do not ever want to let down any of my brand partners. And this was an with a network that brings me a lot of work. And like, if you fuck up, they'll be like, well, I'll work with someone else. Yeah. So I work a lot. I love what I do. And I take breaks when I can. Yes. What about you? I So one of the main reasons that I wanted to work for myself was to have more balance. So I have really prioritized that. You have a lot better balance, I think. I try really hard. I think part of it is also that I work for companies still. So it's easier to say you are only paying me for X hours of work. I'm only going to do X hours of work. Yes. Um, One thing that is really important to me is that I try to not work on the weekend at all. Oh my God, that sounds amazing. I'm jealous. I do not have excellent balance on weekdays. There's definitely always a few days where I end up doing work at night. But um, I try to really keep my weekend sacred unless there's like, a big thing like I have something to do I've had to schedule photo or video shoots on weekends before but um I try to keep my weekend sacred so I know that like at Friday tonight is Friday I can be like whoo I don't have to work for two days and I think that really helps me to refresh but I I do struggle on weekdays and I think one of the reasons that I'm moving is because I am really excited to have an office so I'm moving into Grace's apartment building. My layout is a little different than hers. So she has a big bedroom and my layout is a little different. So it's actually divided into, there's like a smaller bedroom too. So it's like a, it's not quite a two bedroom. It's like a one and a half bedroom. Yeah. And I'm going to make that room an office because one of the things I really struggle with is if I'm home on a weeknight and I'm like, it's my me time, I'm, I'm reading, I'm watching TV, whatever. 
I work from my couch. So, you See, know, I will not work on my couch that over there. That is sacred space in my in my current apartment. That's the only place that I yeah. have to work. So it's really hard to separate. And I will sit on the couch and I will because I have my computer open for other things. I'll be answering emails. I'll be doing work. Yeah. And I'm really excited to have a door and to have a space and to say, like, this is where I do work. And when I'm done working, I leave that. And like, I love that. I'm a door is great. Just I have a bedroom door now and I love it. I'm excited. So I think that that will really help on weekdays because I think sometimes I unknowingly just like slip into doing work because people are asking me for things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Ugh. Okay, Becca, we got a specific question just for you. Can you talk about the very specifics of pitching your work? Do you come up with project ideas or do they come to you? Okay. So this is how it usually happens. I will be like as honest as possible. So the first step is usually that I get introduced to a company. And sometimes it's some it's a company that I already know. And they say, we want to have a conversation about working together. Or sometimes a friend or a peer introduces me to a business. And the first thing that I do is I have a call with them. And we talk about what problem they're trying to solve and what they need. So I get like a lot of context. Um, sometimes after that, we have a second call to like, not just getting to know you, but to really refine what the project is. Um, and at that point I put together a pitch and, um, the pitch is a PowerPoint presentation, like a deck that has a little bit about me. It really clearly outlines what the project is. I try not to take work that is vague, that is like, I will help you. Yeah, you need I, specific deliverables. I try to outline what is the deliverable that we're, or what is the goal of what we're doing? And if at all possible, like what are the things that I am doing? And also what are the things that I am not doing? So for instance, when I work with clients on social media, generally one of the things that is like very hard and fast is like, I will not post for you. Like I am not doing your community management. I will help you come up with a strategy. I will help you shoot content, but I'm not like owning the day to day. So I try to really clearly define that. I put a, a date range on it. So how long do we think this will take and a price on it? I usually get paid on a monthly retainer basis based on the number of hours that I think something will take. Um, and then from there, we kind of like go back and forth. Sometimes there's like more questions and we have another call or sometimes, you know, kind of we go into the contract phase there. Um, generally speaking, I do not come up with project ideas. So I'm not going into a business and saying like, here is what I do and here is what you need. I am coming into a business where they have a problem, whether that's we don't have anyone to do this or whether that's like we're not hitting XYZ goal or we want to do this thing, but we don't know how to do it. Yeah. But I'm not coming up with a project. I'm usually talking to them. And sometimes I will say they don't know what the project is. So that will kind of come out during an initial conversation. And I'll be like, here's what I think you need. But I'm not like going to, I can't even think of a company, but like I'm, I'm not going to like X company and saying like, I'm Becca and here's what I'm going to do for you. Yeah. Like it's very much come out of like, let's talk about your business. Let's talk about your marketing. And then you find solutions for their problems. Not even I'll find solutions to their problem. I'll be like, here is the, here is the project that you need. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We have a question specifically for you now. Okay. Grace, 
what makes a good brand partnership from like the business side, the relationship, what defines like a good collaboration? So I would say similar to you, there has to be specific deliverables because there are so many things I can do for a brand. Like my audience tends to like to shop. So if they have a goal of sales, like that could be a goal. Their goal could be awareness. So just spreading the word about their product. I always like to have all the deliverables outlined out up front. And then it has to be something I really love. So I feel really lucky because I'm not just a fashion blogger or a beauty blogger or a travel blogger. It's there is a wide scope of the stuff I write about. So some days I'm talking about wine. Some days I'm talking about clothes. Some days I'm talking, there's so much I can write about. And because of that, it opens me up to everything just has to be something I really like. Like I think that if I were just fashion, I might be pressured. Like right now, I'm just going to talk a little snark right now. Sorry, but it's the podcast. So I feel like I can be a little more real. Right now, Walmart is making the rounds on the blogger thing. I will tell you, they offered me more money than I've ever been offered for a project. And I said, no, because I'm not going to talk about Walmart. I do not shop at Walmart. It was so much money, Becca. But no. But that's how you, but it's short-term money. You it's know? short-term it's like money. Short-sighted. And building you say, a long-term. I'm taking term. the money, but like then your, your audience is going to say like, what the hell? Like I'm positive that Grace, well, I don't even think there's a Walmart in New no, York No, there's City, not but... one in New York. I would not like seek out, could you see me going out to Walmart and be like, you know, I need new jeans. I think I'm going to go to Walmart. No. No, and I get it. Like, if I was more just a fashion blogger, maybe I would feel that pressure because it might be a slow month and, like, that is going to pay that person's bills. I can take a wine sponsorship or a beauty sponsorship or something else. I would say I turned down probably, like, 60 to 70% of what comes in. Wow. Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get a lot of stuff that isn't a fit. Like, huh. And I think that I would – I'm glad I said that because I want my readers and listeners to know, like – Everything I write about, I believe in. And I turn things down constantly if it's not a fit, especially in beauty because that's where you have to be so strict because a skincare product, like, ugh. Like, I make sure that I can test the product for two weeks before saying yes. I make sure that it – oh, sorry. Tyrion just knocked something over. Um, I make sure that I really love it because, again, my currency and my – Everything I do is based on the trust of my readers. And if they don't – if I write about Walmart – I'm sorry. I'm being so snarky about Walmart. It makes me so mad because I've just been seeing it all over Instagram this week. And I'm like, you do not shop at Walmart. But anyways, I've had wine. Um, Thank you for coming to Grace's TED Talk. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. I will just say everything I write about is something I love. If it means that I have a slower month, like it's a slower month. But at the same time, like those slow months when I don't have any ads or when I'm really building my readership because people are like, oh, no ads here. I like this. Yeah. But um, it just has to be something I really love. Yeah. So I thought this next question was really, really interesting. So somebody said, I feel like the self-employment sphere is oversaturated. I love this question. Because everyone is like, hustle, hustle, hustle. Like, live your dream. I'm like, not everyone is made for this. Like, There are plenty of people who are working in desk jobs and absolutely loving it and they get to leave every night and go home and not every desk job. If you're at a startup, it's different. But there are, I I believe there are people who are meant to work at big companies. There are people who are meant to work at startups. There are people who are meant to work for themselves and everyone is different. So do not feel like just because everyone 
is like this whole like hustle culture that you have to be doing that. Yeah. I think I agree that the self-employment sphere is oversaturated. I think that there's a couple things. I think people look at the perks of it and they say, this would be great for me, but they don't think on the other side of it and say like, this makes sense for a business to hire me. Yes. So I think a lot of people, and I'll just use this as an example, but somebody I know who worked at a company that I shared an office with, not at a company that I worked for, um, decided recently to go freelance and he it was a white man he <laughs> um had so he was very confident yeah and he it was his first job out of college he'd been there for a couple of years and he said I'm gonna go work for myself and it's like what value are you providing for companies like I think that the reason that I am marketable is because I'm far enough along in my career and it is hard to hire a head of marketing. So a lot of times I will come into projects where a company is struggling to hire and I will be an interim head of marketing or they have problems they don't know how to solve. And I will say, I can help you solve this. But, you know, I think like in the middle or at the more junior side of the spectrum, it's really hard. Why would somebody use you versus hiring somebody full time? Mm-hmm. So... I do think it's oversaturated, um, but I, I don't think that if you believe this is something that you can add value and you want to do, that it should deter you. So last question, last listener question, do you build breaks into your day so you don't just get sucked into your work all day? Absolutely. That's why I take my 12 o'clock yoga. And I hate when people like, like, like people who like to hate on me. Like I've gotten DMs being like, oh, must be nice to take yoga at noon. I'm like, bitch, I was up till midnight working last night. Yeah. I love my little breaks. That's what keeps me sane. Again, with also not having much of a balance. I'm like, if I know that I'm going to do that, I also like to meditate. I have not meditated in months. Like I've been very, very stressed and not being good with my little things I like to do but I absolutely take breaks I think it is the most important thing you can do even just taking like a 15 minute walk even when I worked even when I worked at a, a big company I would like a bubble bar I'd be like three o'clock like I, I'm feeling tired I'm gonna go buy a coffee walk around two blocks I would walk like down 26 up fifth across 28th down sixth, and then back like it was a 10 minute walk Mm -hmm. I'd feel so much better I think it's so important yeah I'm a crazy person I'm gonna so I schedule like my whole calendar I don't just schedule meetings I schedule like everything I'm going to do that day like I put fake blocks in my calendar for things I'm going to work on And I schedule breaks. I will schedule workouts, but I'll also schedule just like half an hour with nothing or I'll put like lunch in my calendar or I'll put like go for a walk. Like I will, I absolutely will schedule breaks because I think the other thing that naturally happens when you work in an office is that you like, you take breaks because you're having a conversation with somebody or Mm -hmm. somebody's like, want to go grab a coffee and you do. And when you're working for yourself, like no one's there, you're just working. Yeah. Like sure. Maybe you get sucked into Instagram or something, but like you're just sitting there yeah and like I think it can be kind of toxic to just oh, I like totally agree work not move and then you like you're like oh I feel terrible and you're like oh yeah I haven't left the house today Mm-hmm. yes, yes. so okay quick word from another sponsor 
Yes. And then I want to talk about obsessions and we read so much on we vacation. We read so much on vacation. We have a lot of books to talk about. This is a long episode, but I think it was a good one. I think so too. And it's something we people to ask say. us about so much. I'm glad that now I'll be able to just point people to this episode. Yes. Yes. So we are very into this sponsor. Very, very. Today's episode is also sponsored by HelloFresh. So HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so you can just cook, eat, and enjoy. You guys, I love HelloFresh. I used it last week. I was about to say this week, but now like with the, the schedule that we're on. I loved how easy it was. I'm single, so whenever I buy groceries, so much ends up going to waste. Like if you buy scallions, for example, for a Who recipe. Who can use a whole bundle of no. scallions? Or just like, especially like herbs and stuff. So I love that it's all pre-portioned and you get exactly what you're going to need so nothing goes to waste. Um, you don't end up throwing anything away. And it also to me, I like an, I like to call it like cooking lessons in a box. The recipe I made this week had pickled cucumbers. I didn't realize that all it takes to make pickled cucumbers is a little white wine vinegar, a little sugar, and just letting the cucumbers soak in there for 15 minutes. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I feel like I learn something every time I cook a HelloFresh recipe. I really like that it's simple. I like to cook on weekends, but I have very little patience for cooking on weekdays. And so the recipes are, they're generally pretty easy. They do all of the planning. So it comes with the recipe card that has like step-by-step instructions and I like that it just like they do the planning for me so I don't have to be like what am I going to eat this week Mm -hmm. I have to go to the grocery store I have to like get everything it just like shows up so I can cook I didn't feel good about like cooking for myself and eating generally healthy but I don't have to do all the prep work yes I also like how fun it is I was having a really stressful week last week and it was so relaxing to just like sit back follow the six-step recipe card, I poured a glass of wine, and I got to work. It, it almost felt like a little bit like meditation. I got it all together within 30 minutes. All of HelloFresh's recipes come together within 30 minutes max. They use less than two pots and pans. Which is major, major. because I do not have a dishwasher. Me either. Um, and it doesn't require a lot of cleanup. Yes. So you can choose from three plans, classic, veggie, or family. And you can always switch it up so you can... Uh, do something different for one box versus another and the recipes are delicious like I'm not joking they're so good and also so you have a lot of food allergies so you can tell them your allergies right yes which is great so it's so good I made the beef bulgogi bowls last week and it was amazing I would have never thought to try cooking something like that myself it was like a little rice bowl with pickled cucumbers um, cooked carrots and this amazing beef with this delicious sauce um, I, I said earlier, I learned how to pickle cucumber, but if you're feeling like you're in a recipe rut, which I often am. Oh my God, me too. I always am just like, okay, what's in the goop? sheet pan dinner? Yeah. Sheet pan dinner. What's in the goop cookbook? This is a great way to get out of your comfort zone, but in an easy way and discover something new and delicious to make. And we have an offer for you as always go to hellofresh.com backslash BOP 80 Use code BOP80 at checkout and take $80 off your first month of HelloFresh. $80. They're like giving it away. Do this. Do this. Like seriously do this. I don't know why you wouldn't. 
Um, that is HelloFresh.com slash BOP80. The code is BOP80, and that gives you $80 off, which is like receiving eight meals for free. That's insane. Yes. Try it. Yes. Okay. Try it. Try it, Becca. Let's talk about obsessions. Let's talk about it. Besides HelloFresh, what are you obsessed with? I am obsessed with my current mat, which is something that you talked about. Yes. So I have four of them, one on each side of the bed, one by my computer, and one by my TV. So can I tell you a crazy story? Yes. I love. Well, I think I know the story. I told you the story yes. already, but tell our the listeners. listeners didn't hear the story. Yes. So um, I, yesterday, um, got home to my apartment, and there was a shipment and, and it was two current boxes and I was like, or two current chargers. And I was like, who sent this to me? And all, like, I was like, Grace talked about it on the podcast. And I said, I wanted one. Like, did they send it to me? How did they get my address? Like, I was very skeptical. So it turns out that my aunt sent them to me. And my aunt, bless her heart, does not know what a podcast is. I've told her about our podcast like nine times and um she does is not sunk in so when we posted about the live show on Facebook she like called me and she's like oh what's this about a show you're doing and I was like yeah my podcast with my friend Grace we're doing a live show and she's like what's a podcast and I was like it's a it's a radio show on your phone and she's like how do I listen to it and I was like don't worry on app and she's like how do I get that and I was like oh we're done here my mom listens to us in the car ride she has a part-time oh job yeah now. your your mom is she's, like she's hip. good mom so, mom Denise Atwood I'm so proud of you so anyway my aunt I was like oh did you she sent them to me and I was like oh did you start listening to the podcast and she was like what <laughs> but apparently somebody at her office had them and she was like the they loved them and I thought you would like them so she sent them to me and I do love it it's the best. And that's a good gift. They're like $80 each. Yeah, that was a long-winded story. But um, the crop mats, I mean, first of all, they look nice, which I really appreciate. Yeah. And they're like leather. It's nice looking in my apartment. It's really pretty. What color did you get? Uh, like bone. Oh, well, that's what I have. Yeah. And um, I I like that I can just like drop my phone on yeah. it as drop opposed to... It's so casual. As opposed to plugging it in. So yes. I can have one next to my computer. And when I'm sitting there, I can just like... And it charges the new AirPods case. Oh, I just There's got a, AirPods today yeah, so for the first time. I lost my case, so I have to go get new ones. Um, so, yeah, I'm like, I'm pretty obsessed with my new futuristic wireless charging world. Yes. What are, what are you obsessed with? I'm obsessed with the Christophe Robin salt scrub for your scalp. So my scalp was a hot mess after a vacation between like... Did you get sunburn on your head? Yes, I got sunburn on my head. I put sunscreen there, so I had like gross buildup from that. And then also we were like in the pool and then in the ocean a million times. So it was it was pretty sad. I have this like zit right here from sunscreen. I feel like sunscreen oh my God, always I have them all on my, my hairline. It's I'm like a mess. But I got this... I got this scalp treatment the day we got back because I had a meeting with Christoph himself, like, Ooh. which was very cool. He was disgusted by me, though. He was like, "Oh, <laughs> who are you, gross he's, human? He's French. He's like, oh, your scalp cannot breathe. Oh, you must do this. I'm going to give you all of the products to get you where you should be. And I was like, oh. And he, like, lectured me and told me that I have a lot of – he told me that I have a lot of hair, but that – I could experience hair loss because my scalp was so bad. And I went to be like, Christoph, like, this is a one-time thing. I take good care of myself. 
I'm not usually so gross. I'm just back from vacation. There was a lot, of, lot that was lost in translation and he was very disappointed in me. So I have the scallop scrub. It's amazing. It like gets all the buildup off of your scalp. Like if you love dry shampoo, you need this. Okay. And also it feels like all minty and amazing. So you use it instead of shampoo. You oh. massage it into your scalp. And then um, you must, sorry, Becca's like, I'm, I never get close enough to the microphone. You just got excited. And you yeah, were like, I get excited and I start moving back and forth like as I talk. But I love this stuff. It's wonderful. I will say it does have sulfates in it. So if you have a keratin treatment, be careful. I My keratin treatment is like non-existent right now. Like I have like curls from like the top like three inches of my hair and then straight <laughs> hair. I'm having really hard hair times right now, this is, which is why I've been going and getting more blowouts lately. But the scalp scrub is amazing, and I love it. Okay. What about on Instagram? What do you love there? I, oh, it's a total, this girl is amazing. Her name is Katherine Gallagher. She is going to be on our May 1st episode. So because of scheduling and things, we recorded in advance with her. So we actually recorded her episode before we even recorded this episode. But she came over. She's an actress. She played Annika on You. She is so gorgeous. She has the best eyebrows I've ever seen. She and sorry, that's Catherine with the Y. And she was so nice. She comes she was over awesome. and gives me a hug and she's like, Hey, thanks for doing this with me. I'm like, You're a Broadway star and an actress in my favorite show. Like, thanks for even replying to my DM. Yeah, she was awesome. I'm so excited for that episode. But she's her Instagram account is great. She's super body positive. She's always posting about the cool things she's doing thing I secretly or not so secretly now love is how close all of the actresses from you are love it so they're always having like mini reunions and like making jokes like they were like the alternate universe in which like everyone lives and like goes and gets brunch I don't know it's funny it's cute yeah Yeah. love her what about you I am obsessed with the hotel we stayed at in Olbash called Punta Calisa. So Sidebar, we were not sponsored by them. No, we I were, always have to no, disclose this. No, we were not. We will always tell you if someone gives us something for free. We, we paid, paid for this. Grace didn't pay for this yet. I paid for this. I owe Becca money for this. <laughs> so, I can't believe you didn't have me pay you yet. Oh, I don't care. We use, it, we use that it, app It's honestly not that expensive. No, it's... So we stayed at this hotel called Punta Calisa, P-U-N-T-A-C-A-L-I-Z-A. It is a 12-room hotel. It is tiny. It has an amazing pool. We discovered this on, I think I followed it on Instagram. You discovered it through friends, but like. I told you to follow it. Yeah, we were like following it A guy I dated went and told me that I would love it. Yeah. And he then ghosted me. And we were like following it and we were like, we need to go go here. here. So um, beautiful hotel. It like sometimes, you know, when you like see something on Instagram, then you see it in real life. You're like, this is shitty in real life. No, it was not like living the in the Instagram. It was not the case. We were living really in really amazing. Feed. Also, I mean, here's the thing. So this hotel, I want to say it was like just under $200 a night. I feel like it was closer to 150 and then there was like taxes and things. So honestly, it's not terribly expensive like compared to a luxury hotel in the US. Yeah. And it was perfection. It was perfection except there was no Wi-Fi. I like that. I, I know you didn't liked it. go with the intention of working. So I, I really liked that I didn't have Wi-Fi. I I like relaxation with one to two hours of work. Yeah. 
So, but I loved it. That's my IG. Yes. But that leads us to tell me what you read. Oh my god! First and foremost, do we have five hours? No, we don't. Okay. First and foremost, what did you read? Well, everyone's gonna want to know this. The idea of you loved every fucking minute of it. Finally, finally, we're gonna do a blog. Po- a blog post oh my god we're going to do a dedicated episode about this book in june we're trying to get the author to come I think on she's for gonna a bonus do it. episode it's crazy so we can goad her into a sequel yes. oh my god we're gonna harass her so the idea of you amazing loved every minute now actually spent a i'm little- mad at you i had to like i recommended it i got hundreds of other people to read it and you were like oh i didn't believe you it sounded terrible i don't I don't care about boy bands. I did not want to read Harry Styles fan fiction. That is how it was pitched to me. I did not want to read Harry Styles fan fiction. I was like, that sounds lame. Like, I'm very busy and important reading my Elena Ferrante books and like being reading intelligent books. I was like, I don't want to read this. It was great. It was amazing. Loved every second of it. Thank you. What else did you read? The next one was called Behind Her Eyes. And this one I was introduced to because... In one of my blog Q&As, someone was like, can you recommend anything that's similar to Verity? Like a crazy thriller that like ruins you. So like three different people were like, you've got to read Behind Her Eyes. And I was like, all right. So I read it. It was crazy. It was not as good as Verity, but it was really good. Okay. The next was called The Mother-in-Law, which Kate was reading. And she was like, you got to read this. It is, you know how like – you get married and you want all you want is to get along with your mother-in-law like Mm -hmm. I wouldn't know what this is like but I remember wanting my boyfriend's mother to like me and she was just like she was kind of a bitch so I could relate to that um it's good it's there's a murder it's thrilling it's also heartwarming okay I loved it okay then I started Rules of Civility, which I did not finish on the trip. And then I was like, oh, fuck, because Monday we're recording Daisy Jones and the Sixth. So I just started reading that, and I'm not done with Rules of Civility. I'm about 75% through it, and I love it so far. It's amazing. It's an amazing book. But now I'm on to Daisy Jones because I have to read that before we record on Monday. Yes. Yes. So that's a lot of books. That's five, if you were counting. Yeah. Becca, what about you? I... We'll be honest that I, all of my vacation reading was a little meh. It was not bad. Yeah. But. But not great. It wasn't the idea. Mine was great. So, okay. So I finished this book um, that I was reading that I talked about last week called Don't You Forget About Me by Mari McFarlane. I liked it. It was a little slow in the beginning. If you are new to this author, it is not where I would start. I would start with Who's That Girl, which is her you previous love this book. Author. Love her. I she's one of my favorite British chiclet authors, but I thought this was like okay, not excellent. So then after that I read City of Girls, which is Elizabeth Gilbert's book that's, that's on my coming shelf. out in June. I can't wait to read that. So but it was meh? No, it wasn't meh. So it was a historical fiction book. Okay. It was about that's my genre. Um, showgirls in the forties, like sexy. during World War II. It was great. I really liked it. I would say, like overall, it was like a B plus. Um, it was definitely something great to get lost, and I was like super into it. My problem was like the beginning didn't really match the end, and I was like 
a little confused, but I thought it was wonderful, and I really do love Liz Gilbert. So I, I'm not trying to deter anyone whatsoever. I'm just, um, yeah, I liked it. I liked it. Yeah. I'm going to read that. Story. I don't know why I'm like going such a roundabout way. I think that you liked the books you were reading. You were just like, it wasn't the idea of you. Totally. I had like the best vacation reading ever. And I was like, oh my God. Like totally. with everything I read. And you were like, meh. So then the other thing I read was The Lost Vintage by Anne Ma. And this is something that that's also everyone on in our community has recommended and has raved about. Again, I liked it. It wasn't amazing. Okay. It's um, told in two timelines. Uh, it's about this woman who is a small, is a female sommelier and uh, has French family, and she goes to uh, Bordeaux and um, is visiting her family chateau and uh, discovers in the basement this like hidden wine cellar that had been um, hidden during World War II to like preserve their most valuable wine from the Nazis. And then it's told in second timeline by her great aunt who was alive during World War II. It was good. It was, um, I, I, I'm not trying to say it was bad. I, I think just um, the hype I heard, I was like, this is going to be the best book ever. And I was like, yeah, this was this was good. So I'm now reading Daisy Jones and I'm the excited. It's so good so far. So that leads us. Oh, another great segue. We're great at segues. So guys, join us next week. We have my good friend. What a sexy like oh. phone operator voice that was. Is this a better voice? Do I sound like I have rocks in my mouth? Do I sound like a bored teenager? <laughs> Sorry, I I can't with the reviews. Like they've gotten better. No, 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 they're good. I'm also like really laughing because you're using your phone and sexy operator voice, and you're wearing an orange scrunchie. Yes, I have an orange scrunchie, and there's pineapples on the scrunchie. It's amazing. This I is am running super so sexy, long, you guys. Back to this episode. Okay. Our next book is Daisy Jones and the Six by Taylor Jenkins Reid. We're reading it with our good friend Helena Glazer from Brooklyn Blonde. We will also have a bonus episode with her where she's going to talk about skincare and marriage and motherhood. You guys sent so many questions. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. So read that book. We're hearing that it takes one day to read because people love it so much. So we're going to read it this weekend. Yes. But where can people follow you? I am at Grace Atwood and thestripe.com is my blog. I post to my blog despite being overwhelmed and tired every day, Monday through Saturday. Take Sundays off. Good. So go there and read my posts. I'm not even going to tell you about me first. I'm going to tell you that you need to be following at Bad on Paper Podcast so you can get the details on our next live shows that I think we're announcing this week. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Do that. Join our Facebook group. I'm on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman. I think you can tell that I'm stressed right now that we're like running really long on time. It's okay. It's fine. Follow me. Great episode. You guys tell us in the DMs or the Facebook group, do you get upset if we go over an hour and a half? Like we're trying to keep these to like ideally under an hour, but sometimes we go long. Today's didn't work that way. Oops. Hope you enjoyed this. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.